This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains spoilers from Rise of a Dark Throne and Iron Flame, with mentions of Akasif, Euphoria, and Our Flag Means Death. For full lists, please see show notes. everybody and welcome to a court of fandoms and exploration your weekly deep dive into the ya literature and fandoms that we love i'm laura marie and i'm jessica marie and today we are discussing a rise of a dark throne by lehia cushman and this is book one of two so it's a confirmed duology um that we read both through audible that but it's also available on ku And we have a story about that, and we will get to it. But before we get started, Jess, I want to tell you a story. I want to tell you a story. Uh, This story takes place during the holidays in the United States, so it just happened recently. Uh, Editor Sam and I were making our road trip from Colorado to Phoenix, and we were listening to a podcast that both both of us very much enjoy called The Flop House. This is a podcast about bad movies. Oh, wait, we listened to them when we did the Colorado thing. I think I know them. Yeah, I like them a lot. Um, Elliot, Elliot Kalen, like I I just like them a lot. It's a really great podcast. So the the podcast was reviewing The Flash, which I thought was very funny because I have very mixed feelings about The Flash, obviously. And the having them go through the movie was very entertaining. Now, there was a part... Where Elliot, one of the hosts, was like, you know what? I don't like this part because they used a cheap gag about, uh, you know, different actors in different movies. They could have gone, you know, and done something smart like, you know, oh, the presidents are different. And then all of the other hosts were like, Elliot, what the absolute shit? Like, that's a little highbrow snobby thing to say. Like, like, what are you on about? So then as I, Jess, was reading this book, there was just something that really bothered me. And it also goes back to uh, travel. But, but my question to you is, I had a problem with this book because of the conversation indicators. The he said, she said, he responded, she responded that this book is absolutely filled with. My question to you, Jess, is am I an absolute fucking snob for just being so upset about the way that this book is written? No. And I'm going to fight you just like I fought you on our anniversary episode because I didn't feel that way when you're like, am I a snob? Because I just didn't love fourth wing the way others loved fourth wing. And I feel like this is the same thing. Like, I don't think it's snobby. I think it's something that you picked out because to follow up with what you're saying, I really, I like, I had a lot of questions about this book and it made me think, well, is it me? Hi, I'm the problem. It's me because it, I was excited because I was like, okay, I wasn't sure if it was 
NA or YA, but it read very young, it read very YA, it read very like adventure, even though the characters are in their 20s. And then all of a sudden there's spice. And I was just like, it, the way that part was written took me out of the book, took me out of the plot. And again, to what you're, well, maybe I don't think you're a snob, but maybe this is a me thing because I just, I don't think that every book needs to have spice. But that being said, I know we've had conversations um, with each other and with guests who feel like they have noticed a change in their writing style because of the demand from the audience. If you're if you're watching a video clip of this, I have a dog and the dog is directly in front of the microphone and and he he is snooting for pets. So disclaimer, if I sound different, it's because I've had a total furnace failure and I'm recording upstairs in the living room and the dog is very close to the microphone and the video is amusing. So I, I am just I'm just saying that as my disclaimer. And the dog's love language is absolutely physical touch. Physical touch. It needs to be with you at all times. At all times. He's a Velcro dog. Uh Jumping back to what you're saying, Jess, this, the writing style when it comes to the spice scenes versus the non-spice scenes are something that I think we should address because the story does feel like the spice scenes were inserted because they're written like way more graphically than any of the rest of the story is uh, at all, really. And it it's just like, I, I just your example when we were discussing this earlier was like juices are running and it's like, <laughs> you know, it just the rest of the story didn't set it up to be a, a, a juicy and <laughs> it it did take me out of it a little bit. I found myself making a stank face when I was walking around because I did this through audio. And that's not to say that we don't like, like, obviously look back on our episodes. We love a good time. We love, we get giddy with like, depending on how it's written, we love a good spice scene. Uh, it, I think it impresses a lot of people, not just, I think like outside people outside of the book community that a lot of us could also just like read spicy scenes with a straight poker face. Um, but even the level of description, it went from things were being alluded to like, oh, there's something happening or like, I don't know, the vagueness to all of a sudden it's like my magic cock, your pussy is juicy. And it was just like, oh, that's a jump from chapter 10 to chapter 20, whatever. Like, I don't know. Again, it took me out of the book because let's take the spice out. There's a story there. There's a plot. Does it follow the pattern, Laura? <laughs> Does it follow the pattern? Uh, I mean, yeah, I I guess so. I I guess so. My here's the here's the thing. Here's the thing. It. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. It does follow the pattern very much. So, it's just that I have a lot of questions that are unanswered so in my head it makes the pattern feel a little bit looser than it actually is but on paper like yeah it absolutely follows the pattern in my opinion uh just do you agree I, it follows the pattern that it's in we're getting more insight from chapter one than the prologue the prologue feels very 
share some historical background on Sol's father who left one area to go find the country that they're living in now in Mosa. Yeah, and so the prologue and the epilogue match up perfectly. They are both a lost like child trying to figure out next steps in like a, a strange place with strange people with an unknown kind of like threat looming, right? So like the prologue and epilogue do match up. Okay, so just who before before we like get more into like what actually is going on in this book, can you give me some help on who these people are? Because let me confess something else. These are my confessions. It took me my second reread to really identify all of the different personalities of this chosen family. Yeah. So we I feel like I'll give the key the key people that we know and kind of some sub characters that correlate with each of them um and then we'll casually mention them in and out um for the rest of the story we have leah solide porte or port she is or also known as soul she is the princess um of mosa she's getting married she becomes the queen of mosa um she is a second born daughter um she uh, first chapter she is engaged and have having her wedding to Nasir and she also has Nisa who is her personal guard um the guard of essentially Mosa's warriors which are all female think of like Dora Milaje um uh, and she's also the sister her sister-in-law because Nisa is Nasir's sister you also have um Loosely right now, you have uh, two other siblings, two sisters that uh, Sol has and her mother and father. You also have, and this is overseeing the kingdom of Mosa. You also have um, the kingdom of Sundom, which uh, Prince Rivian, he is a second born son. So his brother, Rill, um, you know, you know, you have the heir and the spare. You have Zari, who is Rivian's best friend, he's the commander of the Sun Guard and his personal bodyguard. Kia, who is also second born and is Rivian's ex-girlfriend. You have Luce, who, like all his little found family are all second born. So that's kind of how they gravitated towards each other, like understanding like the nuances of being second born to like their kingdoms. Um, Luce is, quote, the most trusted of Rivian's guards. He's also the fuck boy of the kingdom. And even he might be the most trusted of Rivian's guards, but is the least trustworthy around women. Then you also have Sela, who is betrothed to Rivian, um, and they're just trying to like get their kingdoms together for like the good of all the land. Those are like our key players. Yeah, I think you nailed it. You, I think you nailed it because I I was struggling. I was struggling the first time through. Okay, all right. Prologue, prologue. Let's let's get into this. We have Prince Axel. Prince Axel and his father are fleeing Sundom. And his father says, yo, go to an island in Mosa and establish a kingdom. I love the vagueness, right? Great, great. Yeah. Okay, directions. Totally easy. Fine. We got to flee this bad thing, but I'm going to stay here because I'm human. But y'all go off. Yeah. And this is so King Alicor of Sundan, Sundom, the the kingdom that we are starting off in, uh, tried to assassinate Axel's parents, not told who they are. 
what we can establish here is that Axel and his people are different from the people of Sundom. They look different. Like it's, they're not elves. It's a whole thing. And their ancestors had magic, but they don't. And Axel's like, I don't get it. We don't have magic anymore. Why are we being sought after kind of thing? Yeah. And the King Alicor is er, persecuting them because there's like remnants of magic in their blood. Um, But then there's like this big chant, you know, like Axel, you know, establish our kingdom here now, here before, here now and here after. And then there's like all of this lightning, right? Like the lightning's a big deal. And like Axel is like crying out and there's lightning. And then it's like chapter one and there's a wedding. And Axel, now a grown man, is forgetful, anxious and unsettled and has been for three months. Yeah. And he acknowledges it. He's like something's off. I feel, I don't feel so good. I have a gut feeling we should push this off. And his wife is like, you're just in your own head. And he's thinking, maybe I am. Like, maybe I'm just like dealing with my childhood trauma. Like, that was really traumatic. I still think about this regularly. And she goes, what would you do if they tried to tell you we couldn't have our, because they are confirmed mates. That's what they're referring to it as in the book. Um, If somebody tried to stop us from our wedding day and our wedding night and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, you're right. You're right. Like, maybe I'm just in my own head. One thing they always tell, like, us as women is if you have a gut instinct, trust your gut instinct. Even if you're someone like me who's like, I have anxiety, but it usually is a reason. So everything's interconnected with that gut instinct with your anxiety. So, um, but he did not follow his gut instinct, King Axel. No, he didn't. Even though there's like lightning that hits the sea and it's very scary and it's like pouring down rain. And it's full circle from how we close the prologue of him as a kid saying like, bye, father. And then the lightning hit the sea also there. Yep. So it's like, mm, OK, OK. Uh, but, you know, they're not delaying. So who's getting married? Uh, Soul, Soul is getting married. She's the second born daughter. So the whole it's like a class system, don't you think? Like the whole second born situation. I feel like Mosa, the kingdom that they're in, because she makes it a point to say to Rivian later in the book, she's like, I don't know about y'all, but we, our kingdom didn't see second borns as like this secondary person um we are just as impactful and that's why she got married because she was married before the firstborn it had nothing to do with a marriage of convenience or what was going to be that was just because they were mates and they weren't holding off just because the first one hadn't found hers I have such a problem with that and it annoys me so much because it's like, no, we got away and we don't treat each other like secondborns, but they're always like referring to her. It's like, but I'm secondborn. I'm secondborn. I'm secondborn. It's like, oh, oh, are you? Okay. But your whole like thing is that you're not and that it's, it's like not something that you do on Mosa, but like it's all you're talking about. So question, you know how like even if we follow the Mosa's Maybe this is the stuff that has to get fleshed out that maybe hasn't been fleshed out because we haven't read like it's not fleshed out in this book, but it might be in the second book Um, is the fact that, OK, you are second. You are second born. You you get married. But she oh, she becomes queen by default because of what yeah. happens. It's not like, oh, now that you're second born, you're the first to marry. You're automatically queen. Never mind. I talked that one. I talked myself through that one. And here's the other thing, too. She's like. 
I say soul, soul is always like, you know, we, we don't deal with, with secondborns. It's not important to us. Like, it's not important to my family. And then, so then why do like, you keep? Well, no. And then Rivian later is like, me and my brother are building a place only for secondborns. And soul is like, yeah. She wants to be what? part of the secondborn club. It's, it's yeah. It's like, <laughs> wait, wait, what? Oh, it was just, it was very confusing. Okay. I'm just going to say that the entire relationship between Rivian and Soul was very confusing to me and I don't buy it. So like aspects of her reacting to him just seem wildly out of character to me. And I was just like, okay, all right. So that's what we're doing. Fine. Okay. Okay. But I do like, okay, like in reference to that, he's like, oh, but I'm madly and you know, when they have the the exaggerated confession trope, you know, the or exasperated confession trope. I'm in love with you. Rah, rah, rah. I like that. She was like, you also said something to me last week. What's different. What's the difference between this week and last week? We've only she seen says each other. as she's completely in love with him. Like, <laughs> I just don't buy it because even as she's like, I don't believe you. She, her inner monologue is like, I'm soaking for him. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. That's what it's like. <laughs> I hope he doesn't know my wetness. I can smell your arousal. I, I forgot like, you're half woven. You do that sort of thing. You can send me. It was just, uh, all right, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Okay. Back to what you were saying, Jess, that started off this whole little tangent we went on. I'm sorry. Uh, so in Mosa, second daughters, it doesn't matter. But the second daughter is getting but married first. And anytime anyone asks him, he says that, uh, that he, Axel, the king, says that I let, I let my second born daughter, even though we don't have it here, I let my second born daughter marry first, uh, because we, d- we never know when the Holy Mother is going to send a mate. So when you have it, it just, you like go for it as soon as it happens, like faded mates, whatever. Still a little bit unsure about how the faded mates works, if it's actually like magic, even though like magic doesn't exist yet. I don't know. It's very, it's, it, it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's very. But then they like, the second they started saying like fae and elves, I'm like, okay, to me, my, my head automatically, understands mates but then they talk about mates and faded mates so that and then there's a sentence where they go oh the mates are mating or something something about the wedding night and consummating the marriage and i was just like so again maybe i just don't know if it's fleshed out we also know that i get inside my own head a lot where i'm like is there a difference i thought that there's a difference between faded mates and just mates there's a lot of little nuances that maybe I'm still not familiar with with fantasy almost four years later. I just no, no, I disagree with you, Jess. I think that this book is not fleshed out the way that it could possibly be so that these things are just a little bit confusing. And okay. that if you were reading it for vibes as a YA reader, this would not be a problem. But right. because this is a. Uh, you know, there are spicy scenes inserted here. It's wildly N.A. And it, it's a whole thing. It's just, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Well, thank you for making me feel better about that. Because, yeah. you know, sometimes I get too in my head. And I'm like, am I? I'm definitely overthinking. Or you're like, you overthought the whole thing where you're back to square one. <laughs> you know, yeah, there's, there's, a few, there's a few things that I just, I was very unclear about. But we'll get there. We'll get there. 
let's see. So, okay, faded mates, uh, like we were talking about, Nasir, Nasir, our faded mate. Uh, uh, okay, okay. Nasir has been in love with Sol since he was five years old. And Nasir is Nisa's brother. Nisa is Sol's best friend. Nisa is loves fashion. She's a big flirt. She loves boys. She's also Sol's like advisor later on. When Nasir's whole thing of like, you should smile more. When I read that the first time, I said, he's the villain. He's the villain. <laughs> what? What are you saying? Sol, you find that shit endearing? Are you out of your goddamn mind? You should smile more, Soul. The world needs to see your smile. Shut the fuck up. Don't tell me what to do. And But here's the thing. Again, I would ask if I'm a snob about that, but he turns out to be the villain. So, <laughs> so I was right, and it doesn't matter. But that man, you should smile more. I was like, this is not a love interest, and you can't sell me on this love interest. So my question is, mm, do I... Do you think he was the villain the whole time or do you think it's his the villain like it's his Nasir's body and this the soul of the villain is using Nasir's body? Great question because whoever whoever whatever that is that is inside of Nasir's body or whatever is actually Nasir because he's got all of Nasir's memories and stuff. And even when he jumps bodies into Rivian, he still has all of Nasir's, Nasir's like, memories. Okay. And and the thing is, when that entity is in Rivian, I mean, spoilers for the end of the book, but here we are. Uh, when that entity is in Rivian, he says like, oh, you know, this was his plan all along. He just wanted to be king of Mosa. Like you think he was like, he had what is it he had specks of black in his soul the whole time the whole time so like who knew who knew maybe he was plotting to be king this whole time and you never knew you know like you were because he says also like you were the easy one because your other sisters were like too not as naive as you and they wouldn't like you know fall for me but i figured you were an easy mark like, I mean, all of that sounds perfectly legit if you were plotting. Yeah. And her, I mean, especially if we're talking about like childhood friends, mm -hmm. she, he saw me for, you know, because she was also, again, these are like throwbacks to like, oh, didn't you, you must have people falling all over you. And she's like, I wear glasses and I read books. Nobody falls all over me. The people, you know, they want people like extroverted girls who know how to swim and climb and hike and socialize and i just kind of and nasir what did she say nasir accepted me for who i was i didn't have to change it and he was the one the first person to give her attention um outside of her sisters outside of anybody else so she was like it was it was just really easy he made it really easy for me and you know he adapted to what would lore I guess, for lack of a better word, soul. I have a little, again, I have a little criticism and I don't want to be a brat about it, but this uh, this book does a lot of, of, of fucking telling and not showing. It tells me, this book tells me everything. It tells me that this, this world has two pink moons. This, this, it tells me, uh, that the Misa warriors are elite maidens of the shining sea that are female troops, you know, for six, 600, 6,000, 600 years, they're bodyguards, you know, it's all, all of this stuff. Uh, the, the, 
exposition of, you know, Luna with her hawk lantern and Lola with her fish lantern and Sol with her book lantern. All of this stuff, the the descriptions of the the throne, right? The sail, the anchor, the helm, the three crowns, the mermaids, like all of this stuff was just like listed off to like it could have been built bullet points, right? Like a scene description on a script. Like, this is what it looks like. Boom, 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 boom. And then he said, and then there's the dialogue. That is what this reads to me. This reads as a screenplay in a lot of parts. Mm-hmm. So, so it was difficult to go from these descriptions and telling me about this wedding and setting the scene and building this world to straight fucking on the wedding night. Yeah, there wasn't any buildup. And that was just chapter two. I was, yeah, because I just remember they have the vow, vows. Her dad's giving the vows. Then they're like, oh, bid them, you and the people, bid them to go consummate their marriage, which is always, I can't imagine that awkwardness. Uh, I'm sure many people have gone through it. I have not had a wedding, so I don't know what that's like, but I do know when I was 16, I told myself I'm never having sex on my wedding night because I don't want people to know what I'm doing when I'm doing it. Um, yeah, well, yeah, especially because it's like her dad making these jokes. It's like, yes, Ugh. yes, yes. <sighs> and she, then they were like, it, it's just, it's just all, all of it awkward. And then she's like, I'm going to be really seductive. And she's, and she goes, Oh, he beat me to it. I showed him my shoulder. And then they're like, I've been wanting this. And then they, but here's a good example. Yes, they go straight to fucking, but it's not completely spicy. It's just alluding that it's like, okay, it's their wedding night. Okay, the sheets are tangled. Oh my gosh, the the white blanket is on the floor because of last night's activities. It's very vague. It's still very YA in this moment to me. And then, you know, chapter two rolls around or we're under chapter one and she's like, why is it so cold? Why is the city so quiet? I see Nasir's hand, but it's cold. And this is where all the things start clicking into place that this darkness that her father was like on edge for the night before um, has taken over and feels like everybody's dead or unconscious. Yeah. Yeah, so there are guards outside of the room that her and Nasir are in, like Aurora's, like Lola, her sister, like her best friend is out there, and a bunch of guards. And so Sol, like you said, wakes up, she's freezing cold, she's like, oh, I I have to compromise and get more blankets, anything for Nasir, he likes to sleep with the window open. Ugh, enough. So she she sees him, he's got gray skin and black fingers, and she starts freaking out. Right. She throws open the doors. Everybody's dead, just as you say. And she realizes she soul realizes that she has magic and she has honestly the opposite reaction than I would. Uh, she's like, oh, my God, I have to help my people because I was crowned princess last night. I need to help my people. My first thought was I need to go help my fan, my family and my friends. Fuck all these people. I'll get them later. Right, right. Because what is the rush of us 
you know, like also if you think about it, wake up the king, like let's get the government going. Who gives a shit about the merchants? Okay, thank you, thank you, because it's almost like when you have, you know, you know, you have the entire cabinet, and then you have everything under Congress, and being specific about the U.S. And even if you have all the cabinet members, there's always one cabinet member where they're always rotating out to keep away from everybody else. God forbid that there is some some sort of crazy attack, and um. And that's where I would be like, okay, and then you have to like rebuild your cabinet and you have to rebuild your, your, you know, everybody that you're working with. So that's where my mind was. I'm glad you said that because there's also another thing in here that I love that she said. And then she was like, I feel so bad that I said it. It was when her and Rivian were like having a back and forth banter. And she's like, you forget yourself. I hold the magic. I can easily take it away. You need me more than I need you. I don't have to heal your father. And I was like, yes. I would hold that again over somebody's head. I, again, these people are better than us. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, for real. Because by the time Soul like makes it to her family, she cannot revive them for whatever reason. It's unclear. Like the 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 Holy Mother like chooses. It's 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 very vague. Yeah, all because the little kid said was like Princess Soul. What about my dad? Fuck your Bitch, dad. What about mine? What about <laughs> yes! mine? Get yes! the fuck out of my way. Goodbye. <laughs> Mine's the king. Get out of my way. Yes. I, I, I swear to God, I, I, you know what? It couldn't be me. It couldn't be me. Uh, but speaking of family, uh, Luna and Lola, Soul's two sisters, are not in the palace. They're, she can't like find them. Nobody can find them. They are gone, not dead. So here we go. No head, not dead. The guards say, and it gets cut off because, again, we read this both ways and we'll get into it. Um, we couldn't find their butt. And then it cuts off and they go, we couldn't find them. They're probably doing other things right now, which they are. Spoiler alert. Flash forward to the end. Yeah. Flash forward to the end. I put no head not dead in my notes. Yeah. It is here where Soul like collapses and she like passes out for over a year. And then we have a 1.5 years later, uh, Soul wakes up and she is the lone queen of Mosa with magic. It's just a very wild jump. Like, Who ran the kingdom while she was out? What is going on? What's the status? Where were you? <laughs> like, I have, the, I questions. have questions. I have questions. They are not addressed. Because <clears throat> they're um, not even addressed in like later throughout the book. They're like, oh, well, while you were, you know, passed out, while you were healing, while you were this, this thing happened. Or like... Nisa and the Dora Milaje, the, the Nisa warriors, um, they, they were running the show, you know, like none of that is really, again, fleshed out. No, not at all. And, and the plot progresses wildly fast, in my opinion. So like soul passes out. She wakes up a year later. I guess she's like going off. For six months, like building up things, and all of a sudden, the second Prince of Sundom is here, and we are off on an adventure. It's like, what? Okay, so I put that, and this is only chapter four. I wrote, I was like, they're on a, sh- they're on the radiant ship to go to Sundom. I go, when was that agreed upon? Was that was that just the casual mention of like, well, Mosa has to, you know, wants to work on our trade with other areas. It's also because of that dagger that she knows about. Yeah. Okay. So this is where like the reread was really helpful. So here, here, the 
when it's like the second prince of Sundom is here, like King Aiden is sick. Like I need to go help the people. And like uh, Rivian is here to fetch me and he's going to take me over to Sundom, whatever, because the darkness, the darkness plague has killed like one fourth of the population of their world. And, and soul had now has magic to heal the first person for the first time in four centuries. So, it is here where, you know, Sol and Nisa are like, you know, let's do the chant on the beach. Like, we don't know when we'll be back. Like, we're not alone. Sol already knows that she's going after the dagger to revive Nasir. Oh, she's she's totally, which I finally, it's not like where we were when she first woke up. She's like, let's necromancy this shit. That's where her mind is right now. Yeah. And and but she doesn't tell anybody, and they that never do. And, and the fact that she is like in on it and kind of using the situation uh, to her own benefit was like not clear to me until like much later. The first time I read this, I was like, "Oh wait, you know this the whole time? What? Okay, you knew this the whole time." And what I love about it, like, but so we know she knows about it the whole time. I know I'm jumping forward here because Nisa overhears the Sundom, like Rivian and crew, um, talk about like, "Look, we just need her for this, that, the other thing," and then she's like, and she goes back to tell, uh, she tells Soul, and Soul's like. It's all right. I knew. I know about this. Well, that's a lot. And she lies to her there, though. And then she lies. To, like, we know her dialogue as the re- her as and we know Soul's dialogue because the, her, her inner dialogue because we're the reader. And she's like, I'm not going to tell her that I'm going to raise her brother from the dead, because if this is the judgment she's passing on Rivian, she's probably going to pass the same judgment on me. And so I'm going to keep do. But like it got to that. It took that part to understand which again, I love Nisa. Nisa's like the realest of everybody. Yeah, yeah. She would have been like totally up. I just, I, again, especially because it's her brother. She'd be like, oh, okay. Like, I don't know. I, I maybe that's the double standard, but she would be like, oh, well, if we're, if we're, if we already knew, then we have the upper hand. Yeah. These were my thoughts too, but you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> We should mention that Soul is dreaming of her sisters. She has like a consistent dream of her sisters over and over again. So she doesn't like sleep really well. Uh, talking about the Misa warriors, the darkness plague killed 984 of them. There are only 16 left and five go on this journey to Sundom with Nisa and Soul. Yes. And uh, one of my favorite little details is the Misa warrior carry blades of amethyst. Love that. Oh, I love that. I put that too. It reminded me of the amethyst scepter you sent me the other day. Yep. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. A soul also is like wearing her crown, right? It's her dad's crown and her mom's like mirror. So, you know, very cool. Very cool. Very cool. Um, Another small thing that I really liked was this kind of overlaps into how um, – the like how Sol and Nisa and just like the people of Mosa in general refer to they don't call them sunsets they refer to them as moonrises like there's nothing setting there's just another new beginning and I really liked that like small little detail because it shifted I was like oh that's like a really beautiful way to look at it yeah 
Rivian is very beautiful and everyone will take every opportunity to tell us over and over and over again. Rivian is a six foot half elf, half woven with white skin, hair and blue piercing blue eyes. And KU version. Hold on. Let me see if I could pull it up. Has fan art. Hold on. I don't know if you could see it. Yeah. Huh. He's hot. They're hot. He's hot. He is hot. Rivian. Who's Rivian? Rivian is the second son. He's a prince. We get like little, little, like, I don't know, plops. He's plops a second born prince. He's Let's a second born prince. He had to spend seven years in the sanctum. You know, we'll talk about the sanctum. And that's where he met his chosen family. Like we said, Kia, Lucy. Which Luce, is another one Zari. of those show not tell things about the found family. I know that's a gripe we both have. Yeah, you know, he says, like, they're my chosen family over and over and over again. Uh, just like you said, Kia, Kia's a fairy. Like, there's a slur that's dropped out there later. She's got pink hair. She's second command in the army. Luce, Luce is the betrayer. He, you know, spoiler, betrayer. Zari's the, the best friend. Zari's uh, from... Uh, Mosa. Zari is uh, Mosian, and they give him kind of shit for that a little bit. But there's a line that says, you know, because of his time at the Sanctum and just of, like, the relationship he has with the Mosin people that he he has chosen to go as, like, the he's part of the Alicor. He's, like, Zari of Alicor. Like, that's kind of how he's rebranded himself to be the lead point person for Rivian. Yeah. And these people have no fucking etiquette at all. And they're always talking as loud as they possibly can about the most insulting thing they possibly can say so that they can get overheard by either Nisa or Soul from now until the end of the book. Because that's just how it goes. Because because Nisa overhears Azari and Luz being like, she's the princess of what? Like, she's the princess of a ruined country? Like, she's just a child. She can't be trusted. Fuck these people. She's the bride of a dead man. Like, they're very crass. They're very rude for no reason but to be mean. Yeah, for no reason. When they know she's, like, coming on board. Like, they know she's coming. Like, it's just, it's, just, yes. it's really weird. It's just, it's very strange. Well, also that she, they, they're acting like, this is the thing, and I know I said it earlier, they're acting like she needs them more than they need her. But I mean, again, this is earlier in the book and the second read, you're just rolling your eyes the whole time because this whole time they're like, you're coming to save our king. We need you. Meanwhile, flash forward to later in the book. King's been dead. King's been dead for nine fucking months. So really, it's just like a whole gotcha betrayal, like you said, situation. But you're just like, it was all a ruse. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I so I guess this like situation exists so that we can see Soul kind of like put these people in her place with her glowing eyes, right? So she can have this kind of interaction with Rivian. They have this whole banter about like, well, protection and attacking is just the same thing from a different perspective. Raw, like a Soul's eyes like glow purple. Um, you know, she's like, I'm doing a favor for you. Like, you need to use my given titles. Like, use me. Use like my like queen um because and i find this so fucking insulting they call her princess like the whole the whole time and it's like why are you doing that even after the correct like it is it's absolutely condescending like oh the princess the you know the princess of a dead king like all this stuff this that the other thing it's so so rude um it is condescending she keeps repeating herself to say um i'm a queen 
I'm a queen. And it's not even in the, it's okay, princess. No, they do it actively disrespectful. I just, I don't understand. I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't Especially understand. Especially as, uh, yeah, I guess it's the whole, they were bullied at the sanctum. So now they're the bullies because that's their trauma and they want to bull every, bully everybody. So they feel like they're in this position of power. Um, but soul has class. That's because she's like, don't, what else does she say? Don't mistake my kindness for comfort for you may not be happy for what you find. Yeah, it's, it's, so the whole, like Rivian and Soul have this whole banter for this 30 day journey on this fucking boat uh, about privilege, more or less. But, and, you know, it's like they're teasing a little bit and they're talking about privilege. And that's kind of just like the whole plot until they get off the boat. And also Azari and Nisa are like flirting a little bit. It's like, it's like a whole thing. But, like even Nisa's inner dialogue. She's like, I know I should not be accepted. Like, look at how he's treating me. Look at how he's treating my best friend. I should not be entertaining this idea. But he's cute. I don't mind the attention. Like, this is so anti-feminist of me. And here we have the first of many scenes where Nisa overhears them talking shit again. It's like immediate because Soul can't sleep. Nisa and you know has a dream about her sisters. And Nisa goes to make tea. You know, there's lightning happening, whatever. And she overhears them talking about like the dark here's here's my my bullet point list. The Dark Wiles, Rivian being engaged. They're talking about the prophecy. Uh they're talking about and, and they're just how they want to fuck you. How, how they're they want to yeah, her. yeah, yeah. And Nisa can't keep can't keep her cool and burns the shit out of herself making tea and is like, Rah! and they all like run in. No, because I think I think it was the the tea had the whistle and she's like, mm-hmm. crap, they're gonna know I'm here. So she tried to quiet the teapot and she grabbed it with her hand. Like it's it, she was like, crap, like it was made. Everybody is in there. They're all drinking. That's, that's the other thing. She's like, you know, all this privilege. You're just drinking and fucking. It's all all this wasted. Um, but she says to Rivian, Nisa says to Rivian, like, uh, we will never be disrespected. Like, soul's pain is her strength. There's this whole subplot that I just hate. Her pain is her strength. Like, you have no idea how strong she is. Um, and Rivian's like, all right, bet. Let me walk you back to your room. And then soul, like, opens the door in her negligee. What is going on? Like she opens the door and Rivian's like staring at her and he like takes her hand and like kisses her and their whole thing is like only their mates kiss their hand and like after Luce already tried kissing her hand and Nisa straight out swatted it away. She's like, do not touch my queen. Yeah. And it's like, okay. And then she lets him do it and she's like very flustered. And this is where Nisa tells, this is what we were talking about earlier. Nisa tells Soul about the dagger and that's why Soul is like, mm, I'm going to lie about this and be like, I already know, but there's a spell. There's a spell to like neutralize it, which is a lie. You know, it's fine. It's, you know, whatever. Um, there is an indication that Luce is the traitor here because Soul, when Nisa is overhearing all of their, like, talking about this, Luce's voice is very, and Nisa says, like, Luce's voice is too clear to be as drunk as he should be. Right. Indicating that he's just faking being drunk. He's not really drunk. Yeah. So you're like, hmm. All right. And that's very early on. So, like, you know, it's, it's, it's all here. I feel like you listen, you you pick up on that the first time and then it's solidified obviously at the end. And then when you read it a second time, it's yeah. there. Yeah. And then we have the, the slur, the slur again, 
uh, Zari, Kia, and Luce are drinking. Nisa shows up again and says, like, you know, fuck you, fairy dust, Kia. And this is where we have the, like, you know, fairies are real. They just came out, like, 20 years ago. It's a whole thing. People don't trust them. It's just a lot of, like, world building, world building, world building. And then it's not um, flushed out here. So maybe in book two we get a little more of, like, what the fuck is going on with the fairies because that's not going on here. Um you know, but well, and even like the the epilogue of this, I feel like it obviously sets up for book two to pick us up where the w- with fairy involvement, or maybe it's elves. I don't know. That has I, again. Yeah, that it's, has a, it's it's a little it's a little unclear. It's a little unclear. We have questions. We have questions. We have questions. I don't have a question about Nisa smacking Zari. I I like this. You know that dead prince was my brother. You know, queen of nothing. Fuck you. Uh, Nisa's always, uh, Nisa is again angry at herself for like confirming stereotypes of, uh, Mosian women being like angry sirens. I, I did like that kind of acknowledgement, but like whatever, like, you know, do what you want, do what you want, do what you want. And this is also where Zari is like, uh, uh, let's go somewhere dark. Like, I, w- you know, I want to show you something. And she's like, why? Why? What the fuck is going on? I like that a lot. He's like, whoa, chill. I just want to show you the the sea. But the sea's fair, pretty. But fair for her to be, you have all this Absolutely. shit that has been leading up to this. Of course she's going to be, like, don't gaslight her into thinking that she has no right to be on her, like, have her head on a swivel about all of this. Yeah, I mean, it makes total sense. It, it makes total sense. So they apologize and flirt a little bit. They bond over dead brothers. It's a whole thing. What follows now is just a series of like me coming together and going apart of meetings on the boat between Rivian and Soul and between Nisa and the found family. And it's just like a back and forth, a back and forth. And it's again, it's all very loose. It's like, oh, I'll, I'll see you in the library a couple times a week. Or do you take lunch? Like, I'll, or do you have breakfast? Like, if you want to join me for breakfast, that's cool too. That's yeah. all it is, right? Not- yeah. It, it's, and it's, it's just like, like meetings because like Nisa goes to the meal galley the next day and is like, yo, Sol wants to talk to you. Or Rivian's like, yo, come here then, bitch, more or less. <laughs> And she does. And that's when um, Souls, you know, starts sharing a little bit about like, you know, Nasir and Nisa and like, you know, my dreams and all of this stuff, you know, smile more. And this is where they talk about the Signet Requiem, which is just like dropped here and not really picked up later. And we, we do have the Rivian's like internal monologue of like, I need to gain her trust. I need to gain her trust. And it is not told to us why yet, but it's all fishy but it is during these like meetings where they talk about the and i did find this very interesting the two different prophecies that we have going on in this plot like um there's a mosian prophecy and then there's a sundom prophecy and they're very very similar and so was like well yeah of course we're like ancestors and shit of course they'd be similar but Rivian has like a section of his prophecy that he is not sharing because like why share? Well, and this is the one where isn't one of the things that's really similar is that they both um part of the prophecy indicates about three people returning, like magical people returning. And Rivian was like, Well, who do you think they are? And she was like, One, 
obviously. Duh. Uh, Two, we essentially find out it's Nas- uh, not well, yeah, Nasir. Yeah, Nasir. And then three is going to be him because of like the magical eyes. See, mm, I don't think so. You I don't, don't think, think so? so. No, because he didn't come back. He didn't die. He didn't do anything. He didn't go anywhere. Oh, he because was it's missing. like leaving. Okay, because here Darkness I'm like didn't take him. I think it's Lola because Lola just Lola into is existence. the one who actually died. Okay, because I'm talking this out and I'm thinking who is the third one? I was like maybe it's him because he has magic with the glowing amber eyes. But Lola makes more sense because at the end, one of the last lines is like, "You've been dead and gone," or "We've been thinking you've been dead for three years." Yeah, so I, I think yeah, okay. I think it's hard because and, and Rivian is just like magic just is coming magic. back, yeah, and he's just like coinkiting. Oh, because like those three people are the prophecies, and then he already has the magic lineage, so yeah. that kind of like exacerbate, like just kind of like highlights that he's like, okay, it's it's go time with his magic. These are my thoughts. We will see. I, we haven't read. The second book is out. We will say it's like out on KU now. We just haven't read it yet. Yeah. So the prophecy, both of their prophecies at this point say like, you know, a dark throne rises. There's a betrayer in Sundom. That's the part that he doesn't say, the betrayer in Sundom. Uh, you know, the three three will rise, an era of magic and sorrow, you know, era of sorrow, age of magic, three beings. And this is where uh, Soul and Rivian are like, yo, let's work together every single night in this massive library on this boat. Okay. I had to wonder what that library would look like. And then I thought of Black Sails. Yeah. Yeah. Or not Black Sails. What's the one with Taika? Our flag means death. Yes, our flag means death. And he's trying to save all he's the books. He's trying to save all the books. <laughs> it was just like, the you know, logistics, because there's no magic, you know, sh- you know, okay, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, this is the line, you know, Luce is always visiting me and Rivian is just like uncontrollable jealousy at this, but it's also like <laughs> gross. Why is he, all, why is he like visiting you all the time? Which I, I like, like, I like that he was like, I, first off, Did I didn't. Know. And, I'm going to stop it right now. And she's like, no, like they, they like the attention, but he's already like, mm, he shouldn't be doing that to begin with. Yeah. It, yeah. But also, also here again, just talking about like things happening, like strangely, I guess the pacing is soul is like kind of in the library and she's like looking around at scrolls and she's like, hmm, I need to bring up the dark wilds. I need to like get this ball rolling with Rivian. And she like magically finds a scroll that talks about the dark wilds. And she's like, Rivian, look, we need to go to the dark wilds. And he immediately is like, I will take you. Yes, I will take you right now. No questions asked. No, like, no, it's not safe. He's like, yes, yes, you and me right now. I feel like he's not he's not questioning anything because he's thinking that's what he needs. He needs well, this. Yeah. Like he's not fucking selling it. He's a bad actor. Yeah, he's so he's like, oh my gosh, this makes it so easy for me. Like that's the thing. Like they both think that they're like doing so. They're like, oh, I'm gonna ask him and see what he says. And he's like, yeah, right away because he needs it. And she's not questioning. Wait, why did he jump the gun so quickly? Because she needs it. Because both of them are just like. They're not asking the question. Like, why are they so on top of this? They have no idea why I'm asking it. 
Like, why are you so eager? It's like, it's all suspicious. Like, aren't you suspicious? Jesus Christ, I'm suspicious. It's Ugh. like, you know, when, you know, in Euphoria, she's like, I know I, why I want to get back with you, but why are you saying that? Uh-uh, like, I'm that, I love when, when she has, when she questions that. It's like, mm, mm, mm. Uh, something that I, I don't, I, I just don't, something that I don't really love. And Jess, I think we need to talk about this is that, uh, Soul doesn't like show up for their weekly, their daily like library session or whatever. So he goes to the library and she's there. It's just very confusing. And Soul's there in her jammies, I guess, like her rose gold jammies. We'll talk about rose gold later because it connects to a point we want to make at the end. But there's a lot of rose gold in this book. She's in her rose gold jammies and, and, uh, Rivian finds her and they start, you know, talking about Sunam's privilege again. And she starts crying kind of out of nowhere. And she's like, and Rivian's like, have breakfast with me. And she's like, okay. And then they passionately, passionately make mm-hmm. out. So, so they are passionately making out in chapter 10 in the audiobook. But, um, I think we have established a great consistency that Laura is pretty consistent when we do our reads for our episodes that she reads the book at least twice when we're going into recording. That's not counting the times that she has read before that. For this book, I think you did two times, right? Two full read-throughs? So for me, I did 1.5. I finished like I was 50% before we started recording. And the first time I did audio straight through. Then the second time I was like, you know what? I'm going to speed it up and I'm going to co-read since it's on KU. And I'll just like that way I could follow along a lot quicker. And in chapter 10 is when I first noticed this is that there are parts in the audio that are all there. But this makeout scene and all of the stuff happening be- between making out and chapter 11 is not in the Kindle Unlimited version. So I had to stop. I thought I was just my eyes couldn't catch up. It is not there. And it threw me for a loop. And it makes me wonder, because again, I didn't finish the whole second read through co-reading this, what other things we might not have if I only had read KU or Maybe that would this have contributed to some of the things that we were talking about earlier in the book that maybe the spicy see all the spicy scenes weren't in the KU book and it would have changed how some of our perceptions and our opinions of this. What else yeah. is there? <laughs> exactly. What else is there? What have we missed? What is going on? There's a story here. It is all very interesting and something that I think we should you know, maybe revisit because this is, this is very good. Uh, what we are not revisiting is this plot because, all right, okay, okay, here we, here we are. We're breakfast the next day. We're talking about history. We are planning on how to go get the dagger. This is where Soul is like, oh, you were dating Kia. She still like is looking at you. Blah, blah, blah. Jealous. Oh, where, you know, women in Mosa are openly talk about sex. You know, women in Sundom don't. Blah, blah, blah. Just like world building. We have, um, Info dumping about the sanctum, like that's where he found his chosen family. Second born children go there when they're seven. It's very cruel. And this is where Soul drops the bomb like, oh, we met when we were kids. Like you saved me from the bullies. And this is where he's like, what? I don't remember this. 
Um, she's like, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you. He's like, okay, let's meet for lunch later. And then it's like, okay, we're six nights out from the cave. We've got a plan for the cave. It's the pacing is just wildly all over the place. It is all over the place. It makes me wonder, okay, I, there needs to probably be a median. Like, I feel like, two, like again, on my KU, it says the book is, I'm sorry, it's not 270. It says 240 based on my... Uh, and I'm reading KU on like the iPad mini. So it says 240. And I feel like sometimes we have a lot of comments about like, does every fantasy book need to be 500 page? Not even 500, 800 page. Like not everything needs to be 800 pages. Maybe there's like, like a happy medium where you could have some fantasy books be like 300. But now I'm seeing this at 240 and I'm like, does I'm feeling very remember? <laughs> Like we get when your water was really, really hot in Germany. And I was like, this is like a dragon's lair. It's so hot. And then the pilot light went out in the building and all we got was cold water from the Alps. And I was like, I'll do anything. This is the other extreme. I'll take it. I take it back. I take it back. That's what I'm wondering if this is like, where I'm like, I take it back. Maybe we do need those extra pages. But that's a good point because with, with this pacing, right? Cause like, it's it's like, all right, we've got six days to go to the cave. We've got a planet. It takes a half a day to get there, a half a day back. We have to explore. You know, Luce wants to go, but we're all saying no. And he's very insistent and he's getting really pissed off that he can't go. And, you know, Zari, Rivian, what the fuck is going on? Like, are you in love with her? Don't speak to her like that. Rah! Rah! <laughs> and everyone's like, bro, you acted okay. the same way when you were like 11 when you had a crush. So we're just... We're just wondering. Yeah, it's like, okay. Uh, but then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's time to go to the cave. So I guess six days have passed. And Nisa is like, the prince is in love with you. You know, whistle for your warriors. You know, they'll protect you, whatever. And then we're into the wilds. Into the wilds. We take the little dinghy to the beach. Luz still wants to come. And they're saying no. Um, They're walking in the woods for an hour and a half of silence, Right. Um, we have, we have Soul being like, I know your little plot. You know, Nisa told me about your mission and the dagger. Rah, rah, rah. It's totally fine. Okay. Um, and then she, she's like, oh yeah, you're also engaged. And then Rivian tells her like about the engagement. And then she runs away from him. And drowns. <laughs> and, and drowns. And drowns. She doesn't even do a good job about running away. She she falls I and drowns. don't even like... What admit. is this? She's like, you're engaged. Woo. And like, Sonic, like, yeah, but, like... But also, like, look, I know you had a mate. I know you had your own kingdom. But that being said, if you ran your own kingdom, you understand that he, when he, he's saying, look, it's not really a marriage. Like, we're betrothed. Yeah. And which I understand that mentality where he was coming from where it's like yeah we're we're that that was arranged for us like neither of us are we haven't even physically been together like this is just a, quite literally a marriage of convenience for our country like our kingdoms to come together and she's emotional about that why i don't know i don't know and she she's also acting like you never told me this. I had to find out through other means. Like, you don't have your other, your own things. Cause she also says that too. She's like, well, I have, I'm not telling him the whole truth about this other stuff. In a very X-Files moment, she wakes up naked in the woods 
He's also naked. I do like, he's like, oh, good. Oh, good, good, good. You're awake. I can get your consent now. I did like that. I did yeah. like that. It's a nice little detail. Uh, also, could you imagine waking up wet, cold, and naked with dirt and leaves on you? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let's talk about the dirt and leaves. They fuck in these dirt and leaves. <laughs> oh, it's going in all the places. They She's fuck all juicy here. and having it on all the places. <laughs> A makeshift blanket of leaves on the forest floor on a <laughs> on a bed of grass they are fucking in dirt and leaves and they do not bathe there is not a scene of them washing it off in the river there is a scene of look at me while i fill you up i'm sorry what okay okay you're covered in <laughs> i i just couldn't i couldn't <laughs> He says, brace yourself, princess. Okay, Cassian. It's just... Yeah, I but just, Cassian, she was always... he. She took a bath. Nesta was always bathed, even after she was in that bog. Yeah, I just, I just don't, I just don't really love this. You know, uh, honor, honor the love from Nasir. Don't, you know, put your walls oh, up. Oh, that fucking line. That's a tactic. Oh, didn't I? I put that. I go, then he like, if you still love him, then honor his love, not by closing yourself off to the world, but by letting your legs, legs. <laughs> letting the world know how amazing you truly are. I, I go, this is the biggest line that I've ever heard of in my entire fucking life. Please get over your dead husband by letting me fill you up. What? What is also kind of like funny, funny here is like, like he, he's doing all these like declarations. He's like, you please me, soul. I just want to be where you are, which is echoing her, uh, thoughts about Nasir earlier. And then he's like, Oh, VT dubs. No, I totally remember. I remember you. I remember you. Here's this, here's a story that you can't prove to be true, but I went home and I totally thought about it. And I do remember saving you when we were kids and I was going to walk you to class the next day, but you were gone. I remembered you, which also flash back to her telling that story. She said that it was a, she was like within a couple weeks. My parents yeah. took me out. And then we yep. get to this part. And then she's like, wait, I guess I was gone the next day. Gone the next day. day. But, the, like, but okay. a couple chapters before, you were saying, like, I wasn't there for much longer. I was only there for a couple weeks. I, I love that, like... They're they're having this like you know crazy fucking or whatever, and she's like, "I'm forbidden fruit. That's why you want me." I mean, she's not wrong, but he's like, essentially, essentially, after all of this, he's like, "Date me," and I'm gonna fuck up because I've never been in a relationship. Never been in a relationship but have before. faith, have faith in me, have faith in us. Who's gonna get this man a podcast? Honestly, he's like, it's just so like date. It's so funny. I mean, but I like, I like her answer because she wakes up a little bit later in the dirt and leaves. She wakes up a little bit later and gives him a blowjob. She's like, your thoughts are so loud. Come back to bed. Come back to the dirt. Here's a blowjob. Uh, it couldn't be me. It couldn't be me. It couldn't be me. All right. All right. But we make it to the cave. Okay. We make it to the cave though. And we find, we find our blade. It's like a red rose, like teeth. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Soul confesses her plan to raise Nasir and Rivian is pissed off. He is so mad about that. He starts fucking screaming at her in this cave. And I was like, meanwhile, he was about to tell her 
the rest of his little things that he was hiding. And then he's like, forget that forgot forgets all about that. Yeah, he's like, you and your evil plans? Like, how can you do this? Like, you know, um, he's like, tell me something I don't know. She's like, I love you. Did I do it? Did I do it? Did I tell you something you don't know? He's like, what? I guess. The fuck? Like, wild total shift, but okay. This is also where his eyes start to glow amber. And she's like, you have magic. Like, here, I'm extinguishing my magic. Here's your magic. Yeah, I do. Magic cock. Magic cock. I I was, like, doing something in the bathroom and I just, like, stopped. I screamed. Sir. Okay. (laughs) All right. If you say so. <laughs> oh, if you say so. Uh, but she still does prove that, like, he has magic. He's able to, like, call the dagger to him with, like, power. And he, like, calls her to him with his power without touching it, whatever. Um, the, and, then, and then they are wildly back on the ship about to dock in Sundom now. When did they get, like, again, there are some things, and I guess it's the pacing. And I was just like, how did they get there? Did we just like gloss over that? Did I miss it? Then, you know, I feel like one thing that Harry Potter fanfic specifically, I'm just going to say our fanfic authors out there, we love you. We appreciate you all, oh so much. If you can't, if you don't know what's happening, we got the flu network and we got a port key. That helps with so much transition. Yeah, because because like we were, we were like about to dock. And we we know three things. Absolute certainty. With absolute certainty. <laughs> magic is secret. Keep the dagger secret. And Rivian, you actually keep the dagger. Um, Zari and Rivian have a huge screaming, punching fight. Loose and Soul, he's like, come to the boat. Like, come see the market. Whatever. Uh, drugs the shit out of everybody on board. Thanks, Loose. And darts Soul them, wake, right? Like he darts, yeah. darts them. Yeah. And then Soul wakes up in Sundom alone. Uh, she's dreaming about her sisters. Her sisters are waiting for her. I found this interesting. Lola is like, happy, happy. Come, come with us. Luna is like, prophecy, prophecy, which makes sense. She's the one that, you know, um, but this is the one where Soul is like, no, wait, this one's different. This one's a vision. This one's not a dream. This is a vision. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm thinking about the magic. Do we think that maybe N- Nasir isn't one of the magic and it's just the sisters because they're all coming from the lineage of Axel? I don't think so because that oh. middle sister isn't doing shit. Okay. Or like that that younger sister is right. like, happy, happy, happy. And that <laughs> other sister is like, prophecy, prophecy, shit is happening. And she's the one that wakes up later. So, okay. But who can say? Who knows? Who knows? Uh Oh. There's a feast tonight. Let's all get ready for the feast. There's My a God. ball. Okay. There's a ball. She's in her rose gold dress for the ball. Yeah. Uh, BT Dubs, the king is already dead. Um, you know, uh, sorry that we drugged you, Rivian. Luce said that you were compromised. And, you know, Rill, the, the, the new king, has protrusions on his tongue. Okay. That's just like never talked about again. Uh, when he's angry, it's just like not. All right. Um, this is where Rivian has to go talk to Sayla because he has to bring her to the feast and they all have to like sit at a long table and have an awkward like dinner with each other. Like, all right, fine. And 
poor Sayla doesn't know all the shit has been going down. So uh, this is another thing that I don't love about this book. Things start getting ironed out. It's there's there's a lot of I don't want to say female betrayal because that's not what's happening, but a lot of female cattiness, um, except when it's between um, Soul and and Nisa. Yeah, because I, I do like this line that Nisa says. She's like, oh, her eyes glow when she hears bullshit. <laughs> I so, love that everybody laughed at it. Like, it's like, ooh, ooh. This is also where Soul and Rivian have their complete, like, break. They, like, break up, I guess. She's like, I regret you when they talk, like, in private or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is and this is where the king, King Royal, comes in. And, he, and he's like, bow before your king. He's got, like, all these dead eyes. Um, and... This is where at this like dinner that the king is, you know, acting kind of weird. And he's like, he's like, so you can't swim soul and soul's like, what the shit? What the shit? How do you know that? What is going on? Like, well, and tr- oh, I bit my tongue. <laughs> um, she was like the only person that I've told is is Rivian. But then she looks over at Rivian and he goes, oh, he's he's just as confused as I am. So I'll give him props there. I might be fighting with him, but he's just as clueless with what's going on than I am. Yeah. And she's like, oh, okay. And this is where the king is like, all right, let me tell you a story. Let me set the scene. Let me tell you a story. I met a Mosian. I met a Mosian who was so desperate to save his kingdom, right? Like, I made a vow. We did a coup. He killed the king. And BT Dubs, here he is. Let's bring him out, everybody. Did you know it was Nasir? Yeah. Who the fuck else could it be? I, yeah. I There was no, for me, there were no, like, hints that alluded to it. I just thought the most dramatic person it could be right now is Nasir. And then I was standing in my kitchen and she, they said Nasir. I was just like, I knew it. And then I texted my neighbor. I was like, I'm sorry. And, and like, Luce knew the whole time, right? Like, they he were knew all been the in on it. the whole time. Yeah. Because like, yeah, even the brother was dead. like, thanks, Luce, for your help. Yeah, it's like, uh And so here's where we get Nasir, who's like gray and like cold and there's no mating pool. He's like different. He starts like talking. He's like, yo, like I was paralyzed by the darkness, but I heard you calling for me, but you didn't abandon me. No, you couldn't have. You know, I woke up in the charnel house surrounded by bodies, but you, you and the hope of you kept me alive. You know, but the the darkness, like, I, I didn't go to you when I got out of the charnel house because I was ruined, you know, and this power made me kill a guard. So I went to our house and our house was empty. So I got clothes and then I went to the palace and I saw you. How'd you get into the palace, my guy? And I saw you passed out and I saw your ru- How? How? Okay. These are the house, but I love, like, at this point, he's never held anything against uh soul at this point he's like i thought you were passed out and i would do anything to get you back but i knew you were fighting me oh i disagree i disagree i think he is pissed off here because oh, he's like how you chuck at because she's like i was paralyzed i oh. i was there i was waiting for you you didn't come to me because he was amongst all you- the bodies well no because he was oh. he was in the house while she was out healing the rest of the people 
This okay. is like in the beginning. And he was like, and I knew you wouldn't abandon me. And I heard you calling for me. But then I was in the charnel house. Like, and the hope of you kept me alive. Like, I think he's really bitter about all of this. And then he like finally goes to her and she's like sick and everything. And he's like, oh, I can't. Like, oh my God, I can't. I, I need to like do something and like rah so he flees right because like because in because he's killing people he's not in his right mind now so like whatever he's been possessed since he wakes up in right. the charnel house right so like these are not like real feel like all this shit that he's saying is to like manipulate her all okay. right in my mind because he's he's like I had the surge of energy from my hands and I killed all of these guards right and then I came to Sundom and I cut a deal with the king you cut a hat like what you and like um and she's like yeah and then like the king has been like dead I I I crushed his head okay all right cool and and then it's like but I'm normal Aren't you happy to see me? It's all for you. And it had the two stipulations with Rel to always rule over Mosa and get her back. Yeah, he wants he wants to be the king of Mosa and the islands, and he wants a soul for her magic only. Right. Those were her condition. That those were her conditions. It's yeah, just- it was not soul as the person. It was her capability. Yeah, it's just okay. it's just. It's just wild. And then, so this is where Nasir is like, you know, um, you know, you're he, she's like, this soul is like, well, if the king is dead, then why was I brought here? And this is where Nasir is like, because I asked for you, because you were part of the bargain, because I'm here. And it's like, oh, okay. okay. See, and this is where I'm like starting now that we're, we're talking it out. This is like, you remember when Rel was like, oh, all in due time, brother, you'll find out, you'll find out. But then when uh, Nasir goes on his tangent, this, that, the other thing, and he's saying everything that happened, he's like, I, I fucked up. I fucked up. You should have, I don't know what is going on, but the way he killed our father so quickly. But yeah. he knew this during the ball scene so i just don't know like you saw this happen nine months ago so why are you acting like scared now now yeah it's just it it's it's strange it's strange yeah because not only did he do it nine months ago they've only been there let's let's be generous with time it'll it takes 30 days to get to mosa so you have rivian and crew getting to mosa in 30 days gets soul and nisa comes back 30 days later so two months so of these nine months when he went two months ago so already then the king had been dead for seven months yeah and the explanation of that is like oh they weren't close so like he wouldn't know like i understand um where Rivian knew that his didn't know about his, he never saw his dad. We get that laid out because he's at the sanctum. Typically, you can be at the sanctum for up to seven years. Um, most of the families forget about them. That part I get. But for Rel is what I'm saying to act like, oh, I fucked up. You knew from month one to month seven. Month one being when your dad when when Nasir 
killed his dad. You knew those seven months how the father was killed. So when month seven, when Rivian goes to Mosa to come back for month nine, you already knew. You had seven months of knowing. So why are you acting shocked? Two months later, I had no idea that that's, it was just wild, man. Uh, so what what so what happens? There's just like fights, right? Rivian and Soul have a fight. You're a deceiver, right? I'm a queen. Fuck off. I'm tired of men telling me what to do, but we're beautiful together. Okay. Azari and Nisa kiss and she punches him. All right. Six days later, there's okay, six days later, um, there are what? What is this? Um this is the, this is the confessions, right? This is real and uh, Red and Rivian having their confessions. You know, Luce works for um, the king. He do, you know he doesn't work for Rivian. Everything's been on the king's orders. This is where Real is like, you know, it's kind of like a blackmail situation. He glamoured all the guards, like you know, this is this is it. It's the princess or the kingdom. I'm kind of stuck here. Um, you know, but they're going to leave tonight. Like the plan is they're going to leave tonight. And this is where Rivian is like, yo, but you know what? My brother, my guy, my brother, I have magic and I am in love with soul. And this is where his brother's like, well, all right, let's fix it then. Okay. okay. All right. Sure. Sure. We'll do. Weeks later, weeks later, it's, it's just an indeterminate amount of time. This is when Nasir slaps Nisa and everything goes south fast. Wait, who slaps Nisa? Nasir. Oh, yes. Yes. Because, well, Soul picked up right away. She's like, mm, I don't, that's not Nasir. And Nisa says, you're in your own head. I know my brother. You're you're looking for something. You're looking for something. And then what, like you said, then he slaps her and she's like, I don't know who the fuck that is, but it's not my brother. And this is what makes me believe. Well, this is like, again, it's we haven't read the second book, so I don't know. Like, was Nasir always possessed or did he become possessed after he like came back to life? I don't know. But then Soul thinks she kills Nasir in this part. Um, This, again, I feel like is really, really fast. And she, I, what? It, well, what else is there to say? There's a fight. She goes, go after him. She kills him. On to the next. No. Well, yeah. He's like, you know, you're so naive, soul. Like, you know, you're second born. You're disgusting. Like, I just wanted to be king. You were the easy pickings. Like, uh, I was created in the charnel house. I took over. I have magic. You know, um, tonight we sail for Mosa. And yeah, it's the battle. You know, Rivian is there. He uses magic too. And, and Soul just passes out. And then three That's days later, there was another pass four, out thing. Yeah. 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 And she's out for three, almost four days later. And she wakes up. She's like, hey, blue eyes, you know, you're magic to me. You know, you're my mate. Okay. 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 Um, but while that's happening, Nasir's body is back in the charnel house under guard. Right. Like, we just know what, just chop his fucking head off. Like, what uh, are why, we doing? Why? This, this is why, you know, throne of glass spoilers. Lysandra's so fucking real. When Lysandra, like, decapitates this person, I won't put his name in. Good. Good. And, you know, Aelin following through to make sure he was, it's all, I'm all here for it. But this is also the point where, um, 
Rill, King Rill and Soul start having their agreement of like what they want, how they can essentially be allies. Yes. And this is also where Kia and Soul have their little talk. Like, I knew that Rivian was in love with you right when he saw you. You are his, um, you know, your, your equals, your, uh, and this is where Soul, again, I hate this. Soul's like the tragedy of my life made me who I am today. I hate that shit. Uh, She's also like, do you forgive me? And she's like, no, but maybe one day it won't suck so bad. And I do appreciate that. That part I appreciate. I like where she wasn't just like a, sure, we can be besties. Because Kia's like coming to her as, you know, as the queen that she is, she isn't being soul. Like, I fucked up. I kind of set this whole thing awry with Sayla telling the guys I was insecure and jealous. I like that Soul wasn't forgiving her. She's like, time will tell, but like, maybe we'll be amicable. And then Kia's like, that's all I ask for. That's all I ask for. We are finally almost done with this book. We are at the meeting of King Rill and Soul, where they hammer out this treaty. Mosa gets sovereignty and the islands. Uh, Soul has to heal everybody and she has to come to Sundom once a year and she's got to get married. They essentially have the same agreement for each other's kingdoms. That's how I took it. Sort of. Soul wants just money, 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 (laughs) money. Just pay me, pay me, pay me. She wants to decimate the sanctum and change it. And then she's like, yeah, you have to get married too. You have to come once a year. And then you have to buy stuff there, make a show of buying stuff there and like bring it back. And oh, BT Dubs, I'm leaving Formosa right now. Right now. I want to go now. But before that, she has to have sexy time with her mate. And this is where we have possessed Rivian. This feels very um, Iron Flame to me. Because of the possession or because of the sexy time or how quick everything was? Because of the, like, betrayal possession. Because mm. we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be like, <gasps> right? Like, this is supposed to be the big thing, right? Like, our mate is being taken away from us. Like, he's different. There's something wrong, right? Like, we can't be with him now. It's like a whole thing. Um, because that's what happens. They they start to have, they, Rivian and Soul, start to have, like, hot and heavy, sexy time. And, and he says, like, you should smile more. <gasps> that part was so, you know, I will say, I was almost like, everybody's relationships are different. I will say that. So at first I was like, is he saying this in a haha mock you? And you're just like too, too soon, too soon. Cause there are people out there who would take somebody's trauma and try to like make a joke out of it. Um, and I wouldn't put it past Rivian to do something like that either to be like, Oh, come on. Like this is how I would joke around with the guys. Um, so I did kind of think, like, too soon, bro. And then when he said it again, I was like, oh, this is Nasir. Yeah. And he's like, you're insufferable. Were you always like this? Like, you're garbage. Like, the master was right about you. Okay. Who's your master guy? And he also breaks her leg here, which is, you know, not cool. And this is Rivian, like, fights, right? He fights through his possession. He's, like, crying. He's like, I love you. I'm sorry. Nasir is alive. No shit, my guy. I have a question about this part because right before this, she's like, he's, he, she's getting off 
quite a lot. And he's like, oh, you need to be quiet. She's like, my my security, my guards will not well, uh, interrupt us. Won't yeah. interrupt us. So, like, they're close. At this point, when her leg is broken, why hasn't anybody rushed in? Why hasn't she? Because it's not like they have magical wards like Zayden does Use your for their whistle. room. Like, do something. Somebody, like, call for help. Your leg is broken. You can't get up. We know for a fact they don't silent proof the room like Zayden does. I just have a lot of questions. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. He chokes her out. Uh, soul dreams of her sisters. Lola says, find me, find me. She magically has green eyes now. And she's like, you must wake up now. And this is Lucy and Rory, or no, Luce and Rory, uh, you're reviving soul. Like, we have to go. We have to get out of here. BT dubs, your best friend has been killed. And, and Zari is unconscious. Uh, Rivian stabbed him. Stab the fuck out of out of Nisa. And so Soul is like, oh, remember this dagger that I lied to you and said that we didn't find and we just fucked in that cave? I have it now. Let's go fuck shit up. Um, but she doesn't. She doesn't fuck shit up, of course. Um, she goes and Nisa will not rise because we don't know why. Because the Holy Mother says... At, we don't know why. Because that's the dagger was supposed to... She was just like, you know what? I'm bringing my friend back to life. Fuck that. Yep. Yep. So Nisa will be buried in the royal crypt, you know, and, and this is where Soul is like, I will get revenge. Like, you know, I will save our people. Okay, fine. And, you know, this is Rivian goes to Mosa and... She's like, all right, I got to go, too. I'm going to burn the world down to rescue Rivian. Give me the Radiant. We're going now. And this is where Sayla, like, bursts in. She's like, I'm here to save Rivian. And this is where she's like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up and listen to me. I, and I love that her brother, like I say, her brother-in-law, I'll say that loosely. Rel was like, um, so this is his mate. You best bow down to the queen get on your knees but sailor's warrior uniform sounded so cool sounds roman they all sound it all sounds very very roman especially with little like mohawk very roman uh, she's like oh okay i'll listen to you wow let's all work together uh the they're not going to go 30 days on the ocean they're gonna go through the sanctum this time and she's like are you in and everyone's like we're in and they chant the chant and she's like, I guess I'll have to learn how to kill. Okay. Um, and we're at the epilogue now. This is the backslide. We're, we're almost done. Uh, we have a person, a girl, wakes up. There's a weird smell. She's very confused. The trees are changing colors. Uh, this is Lola. She has green flames in her fingers. She sees an unconscious, beautiful man who wakes up and greets her. He's in armor. He has fangs, dimples. Um, he is six feet plus. He has gold eyes. He says his name is Kingsley. He's a king named Kingsley. <laughs> He's a king named Kingsley. And that's how the book ends. Ba -ba -ba -bum. And then there's some acknowledgments and things. And the author says um, that she really focused it on the friendship here because this book is dedicated to her best friend. She's from the Dominican Republic and she has background in counseling and human services. And that's how she used her background to write this book. Okay. I mentioned Rose Gold earlier. Jess, do you want to talk about it? Is it the fact that we had a previous conversation with one of like the last, the third book of Kingdom of the Wicked trilogy with the Rose Gold reference? 
exactly right. And you want to talk about that and all of that entailing our all just all of it. Fuck. Ugh, I don't even know where to begin. Okay, so the Rose Gold. This book came out last year. And typically, I think in past episodes, if you've followed, if you listen to every episode, you probably know where we're going with this. If you haven't, welcome. Um, Rose Gold reference seems to be something that dates a reading. I feel like fantasy, you typically don't know where something is dated or when it was written by because it's kind of its own, you know, world building that's happening. But anytime we kind of talked it out in that third Kingdom of the Wicked trilogy episode is Rose Gold feels dated from like a millennial point of view because it was just such a specific point in time just like they have i think something's referenced to like gen z purple now which um i I, i'll find an article i'm sure we'll put it in show notes but it's just it's very you kind of assign it to a certain generation i don't know if i'm explaining this well Um, you are but the all the references with rose gold we obviously know the color it is but i think that just kind of i don't know i just it's it's a frustra- I don't want to say frustration. It's just something that we picked up on that feels like it can date the book. Um, well, and as we're talking about frustrations, I do want to say it does it, it does kind of objectively sound like we're shitting on this book. I don't think necessarily that we're we are. However, however, if you want to hear a shit on a book, <laughs> you you can go to the third Kingdom of the Wicked book where this rose gold discussion is happening and you can hear us kind of shit on that book. Um, it is it is just something that I want to point out because though we might be sounding negative here, uh, if you want to hear us be negative, <laughs> you can. And I do also want to point out that like, yes, this author is uh, from the Dominican Republic. She is a woman of color. Uh, we're not shitting on this book or her because of that. Again, go see some other. I mean, I, I'm I'm thinking about um, Carissa Broadbent's book. <laughs> if oh. you want to hear us talk, talk some shit, and I thought about, you about, were like kind in that episode. Like, it's been a while. well, yeah, yeah. So I I just want to be very clear. Uh, yes, there's things that we don't like in this book, or me specifically. I'll speak for myself that I don't like in this book. There is a lot that I do like in this book. I would love to reread this book if it gets hit with uh, like it, like an edit a different editor or maybe is restructured a little bit. I think this book would really benefit from that and to hammer out the issues between the audio and the KU. I was shocked with that. Like I told you, I go, that completely makes me, and I, I'll probably just out of curiosity's sake, I might go into just finishing the second reread after this to see if anything else was edited. It just, it's just, it's those little publishing questions that we have with like editing. I mean, and that's not even saying like the grammatical things that I found. And these are the things where I'm also like, I, um, I edit press releases, uh, you know, that's part of the things that I do. So I do have a different eye. And that's just coming from somebody who is not a professional editor. Those are just me with my everyday job. So it, those little nuances are like, if this isn't my job and I'm pointing it and I'm picking it up, what does that? I, I don't know. Those are the little questions that I have. I also want to note that like this book has 
a lot of things that we would love on paper. So I think that's why we were so excited. And we're not, I think it's, I think it's fair to say that we have criticisms, but who doesn't have criticisms when you, you read? Cause we're all looking for something different. And again, we've said this before, we're all chasing that high, uh, to find something that we love. Would you, are you running to pick up the second book to see if any of this gets fleshed out? Or are you going to give yourself like, you know what? I'm going to have a break and I'm going to come back to it. No to both points. No to both points. There are things that I am excited for that just totally eclipse this. So there is like some part of me that's like, gee, I really do want to know how this story ends. And I think that if I'm in a book slump, then I would pick this up on KU just to like finish it, you know? Mm-hmm. But but until I get to that point where I am in a book slump and nothing is working for me, I won't seek this out. Um, but I will eventually in time. You know what I mean? Right. It's it's like it's like I need to finish a couple of TV shows. I don't have the will or the energy to do it now, but I know that I will finish these TV shows before I die. <laughs> So I'll get there. <laughs> Me with Supernatural, the final season of Supernatural, just because I'm in denial, denial of everything. Like, it's actually over. Yeah. What about you? Would you pick this up right away? Um, We have so many other things to be reading for the podcast that I, and rereads that, um, that are coming up in the next year and really the next couple of weeks that I don't, I think I would, I, I think I'm aligned with the same thing. I'm definitely going to finish the, my second reread of it because I want to see what else might not be consistent. That's just really curious to me. Um, and then it begs for me to have other questions like, what copy did the narrator get or did the like did the narrator get like this early copy that's why they have more dialogue and then it went through another round of editing before getting pushed onto KU or was it the other way around where it was on KU first because i know um producing books into audible audio versions is you know is costly. So maybe there was an, a more updated version. I don't know if it's like a chicken or the egg situation. I'm curious. That's just my natural default setting sometimes. Um, and I'll, I'd read the second book. I don't know if I'm going right into it. I mean, we have um, other books that we're reading for author interviews that those are just kind of more timely. Um, but yeah, eventually I don't, but I'm not to, not to say just because I want to round out the story. <laughs> And knowing that it's two books, it's a confirmed duology yeah. according to KU. If it was like a whole series, I probably was, I would be like, mm, I don't know if I'm that invested. Yeah, but a duology is doable, especially yeah. if you're in a book slump and you're not wanting smut. So yeah, I, I could totally see it. I don't know about not wanting smut because apparently this one decided it did. But you could take it out again. You could take it out and just focus on the plot. That's maybe what I'd do. So that being said, feel free to follow us on Instagram. We're on Akafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. Thank you for joining us as we start the new year in 2024 and everything that's to come. We can't wait to hear from y'all. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.